0: Today on Locked On Canadians, Slavkovsky and Suzuki stay slaying. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there everyone and welcome to episode 1013 of your first listen of the day every day Locked On Canadians. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube and we thank you as always for making us your first listen and today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm not joined, as always, by Scott Matlow of Habs Eyes on the Prize. And also, this episode is quite late. Normally, we drop our Monday episode on uh, at midnight, basically as soon as the the the, the clock flips to midnight uh, Eastern. But uh, I'm late today. Uh, I had some personal issues. I was very emotional over that Yarmir Yager retirement ceremony. Um, No, actually, that's that's not it. I just had some stuff crop up in my personal life. So today's episode is late, but it is still being delivered to you on Monday. And I really quickly want to cover the Montreal Canadiens losing to the Washington Capitals. I want to do our three up and three down, as we always do. Um, But I also want to mention, you definitely want to tune into the Tuesday episode. Even though this episode is a bit late, you want to marinate with it, because Scott has some very choice words on tomorrow's episode. We've already planned it out. Um, We already know know what's happening. Um, And trust me, you do not want to miss the next episode. All right. So. Let's get uh, the game recap quickly underway. Uh, So obviously not an ideal scenario, especially after being able to have such a dominant performance against the Ducks. Um, You don't want to see them fall to the Capitals, a team that the Canadians did manage to Win handily against the last time these two teams met. Obviously, lots of stuff um, has changed, not the least, which is the injury situations of each respective team. Um, one thing that I w- did want to talk about because we didn't really talk about the New York Rangers game either. Um, and obviously, so we had the Rangers preview, we had the Rangers game. We didn't really focus too much on the penalty kill. Uh, I'm not loving it. I'm absolutely not loving it. So. Uh, We do want to talk a little bit about defense because one of our uh, very, very good friends, Claude brought up uh, some defense talk in our mailbag and I definitely want to chat about it next um, or at least some point in the coming week. Hopefully Scott will uh, want to talk about it in the very next episode, but it'll definitely be addressed. Uh, But I did want to say Suzuki um, and Slavkovsky have proven to be the Right spot you can count on on this team and I think we will talk a little bit more about that in our next segment uh, but I did want to bring it up real quick obviously Suzuki had a great game Jake Allen didn't have too terrible a game I mean the score doesn't necessarily reflect all that well but I didn't hate it um is how I'm going to put it I have been wanting him to see a lot more starts, obviously, as the trade deadline draws nearer and nearer. And, you know, we'll have coverage of that right here um, as we do all the time. Even maybe if there's a big thing that happens, maybe we'll have a live show with all of you guys. Uh, But in the meantime, I didn't necessarily think he did all that much to disappoint. But he also didn't do all that much to instill confidence and maybe make a contending team go, hey, I really want that guy uh so that's where we're at at this moment in time uh with Jake Allen and I like I don't think like I think the Habs lost the game in the same way that they always lose the games so are just not a deep enough lineup and you'll see flashes of reassurance or brilliance depending on who you're talking about like Yoel Armia had a great game for Yoel Armia and then I'm looking at the cap friendly page right now and I'm like is Yoel Armia's good play as of late. Like, it feels like it's been, like, such a good wake-up call. Uh, He's still making 3.4 through the end of next season. So, no. Yoel Armia did not get more tradable by this game. Um, So, that's definitely something that I'm a little bit concerned. Not concerned about, like... I feel like no matter what he does, I should, this is the way I should phrase it. I feel like no matter what he does, like the Canadians are not getting out of that contract, right? It's just too, it's too dear for most teams. Um, Also, one thing that I did want to bring up real quick is that I was trying to do a deep dive into goaltending a little bit just to kind of get familiar with um you know how I should view Jake Allen's stats in context of this year and the other two goalies um and Caden Primo is better than I think he is I know we've said a lot of good things good things about him this season and in a way where like it felt like the last few seasons we just kept getting our hopes up and then our hopes would get dashed once he got to the NHL and then our hopes would go up and then they would get dashed and I I wonder a little bit, uh, about how they've kind of approached him. Maybe it's a different approach now giving him that option. Like they only sent him down to Laval when it was like really an emergency or whatever they've kind of established now, or at least they've put in his mind that like, all right, you're in the NHL. It's either the Habs or somewhere else. Right. So I wonder if that vote of confidence has really done anything for his game. Like are um, one of our really good goalie friends who I hope to get on soon, but he's also very busy, but he's, uh, he's actually a goalie coach. Um, You know, often would say that there were some things about Caden Primo's game that we're not adjusting uh, to the NHL level. And then we have another good friend of ours, Paul, who has been a goaltender and, Uh, who would say that, you know, more time, more exposure to NHL caliber players would have helped. I feel like it's a little bit of both. And if you haven't caught it yet, Eric Engels has this article about development and about the way the Habs have changed their approach to development and put the the players themselves more in the driver's seat of their own development. I'm going to call it out real quick. The article itself is on Kirby Duck and how he's making the most of the time where he and the Canadians are making the most of his injury time to kind of not try and waste it. And obviously he has been skating. I don't know if you saw that, but the Canadians keep stressing, like, don't get your hopes up. This is like, he's not coming back uh, before next season. Like nobody, like everybody just like, you know, chill out and stuff. But um, one thing that Eric Engels does kind of bring up is how the Canadians have kind of and this is also it's partly his opinion, but it's also partly the freedom the Canadians have given you is that you are often in the driver's seat of your own career. Right. Like whether you're a player or whether you're, um, you know, in any other profession, the trick is for the team or the employer or whatever is to put you in the right position by giving you the right opportunities and giving you the right tools. So the things that Canadians can control are what kind of resources they have, like what kind of uh, staff they have, what kind of thinking they bring to the table, what kind of opportunities they're going to give you, what kind of chances they're going to give you to uh, show what you've got and then grow and thrive beyond that. But there's a large chunk of this, and we can never, ever forget that, is we are in control of how hard we work and how we react to setbacks, right? Right. And so I do encourage you it's on Sportsnet. it's by Eric Engels. It's about Kirby duck, but I do encourage you to like kind of uh, take a look at that um, and, and sort of compare how the Canadians used to be to how they are now. And sometimes it does feel like overinflated when they get a lot of like, Oh, this person is joining the front office as a player development expert or specialist or consultant or whatever. And then you look and they're like, Oh, they're like everybody and their mother is now um, a player development consultant on the Montreal Canadians. But all of those things have value. Like if you're a team with deep pockets and you're not hiring everyone and their mother and their dog to come and be uh part of your development staff, if they have anything to bring, whether it's attitude, whether it's literal skills that they can teach you, whether it's the mental game, whether it is uh, work ethic, whatever it is that they can bring you to give you an edge over other teams, you have to kind of employ that. There's nothing you can do about the salary cap when it comes to your roster, but there's a ton you can spend on your front office anyway this is a very roundabout way of saying check out eric Engels' article and then like so that and also he was tweeting about this a little bit a lot of it is in the driver's seat because i keep thinking about this in terms of like what do we like about this current era of the montreal canadians with jeff gorton and kent hughes what did we dislike about the previous era and there will be more on that And just a lot of stuff like, you know, there's a lot of Kotkaniemi uh, comparisons that are coming up, Slavkovsky's development and how he broke out this year, all kinds of stuff like that. So this is like development right now is at the front of my mind. Um, So I did want to bring it up and I did want to point you to the article. I will put it in the YouTube, uh, in the show notes for the podcast, both on YouTube and in the uh, the audio version as well. So you can check it out. Uh, And in the meantime, it is... Monday today, despite the fact that this is a late podcast, and we will be doing our three up and three down up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would have in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. Believe me, I completely understand. And after providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the couple. 25% In fact, 25% off for the month of February using the discount code Locked On. Again, that is discount code Locked On for 25% off of the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca, or mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. All right. So, it is time for our three up weekly three up and three down and I'm kind of I'm nervous about bringing this one up. So, there's a podcast where we won't name, but if you have been reading anything to do with the Montreal Canadiens, um Slavkovsky was mentioned on this podcast as being a middle six player at best or something along those lines. Now, that opinion is incorrect. In fact, the person who said it often has incorrect opinions, in my opinion. I disagree with them very, very strongly. But what I don't agree with is there seems to be this campaign of harassment against the person, partly because they are marginalized. They're a woman with mental health issues in the past and all of that. Now, people can be as wrong as they want. And we've always said that on this podcast. Every time we say, you know what, you can say what you want in the comments, just be respectful of each other, just be nice to each other. People's opinion can be, people's opinions and arguments can be completely off the mark and way incorrect and erroneous and just out of, you know, just literally out of pocket. But at the end of the day, who they are is not someone to go after, is not something to go after, right? You can make your arguments in any way. Like for me, I would take their argument, I would point to Slavkovsky's development, I would point to the scouting reports on him, I would point to how much how valuable he's been on this team for the last like like since the beginning of this season and i would point to the fact that his ceiling and his scouting reports were way beyond this and so if I were disagreeing with that person, I would not go after them. And it's just like, it's just something that I've been seeing is like this campaign of harassment. And honestly, like Habs fans, we should know better. People come after us all the time just for having joy, having joy about Cole Caulfield, enjoying Slavkovsky, whatever, like saying good things about Nick Suzuki. People come after us all the time. And I think at the end of the day, like people can be wrong. I mean, like for me, like, you know, Nick Suzuki's contract being low value or whatever it was like being the most over overpaid or overpriced in the NHL or something like that. That's something that really bothered me. Did I go after the person? No, I was just like, you know what? I just think that's wrong. And over the course of his contract, it's going to be proven wrong. And th- that's the thing. Like I think Nick Suzuki's great value for what we're getting right now. Look at all the other first line centers and what they get paid in, in the NHL and look at how young he is. Look at how much he's, uh, how far he's coming. And sometimes like he carries the entire team on his back so often. So like go after the argument, not the person like that's something that was one of my downs for this week. And this is the thing, like I have to state and overstate that opinion was wrong. I don't in any way agree with it. I don't defend the opinion. I do defend the person though, because they have the right to make that argument and not be bullied just argue against it you know what I mean like they, or be proven wrong but with arguments right with evidence with stats with even like even if you have a counter opinion you know I disagree with you and here's why I just people should be allowed to be egregiously wrong and just be told that they're egregiously wrong and not be harassed about it that's it that's what I'm trying to say so that was one of my downs for the week obviously injuries obviously defense blah 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 all of that But although there was something that I found out When I was trying to do some, um, when I was trying to kind of uh, do some research for uh, the defense, the zone to zone, sorry, the zone defense versus man-to-man defense that our good friend Claude brought up in the mailbag, I was going through it a little bit. And I was quite surprised at Mike Matheson's stats because a lot of the times when you watch him play, it's not looking good. He's tired and overused. I think we know that. He's a veteran. Uh, he is being used way too much. And he's also sometimes having to carry an entire defense on his back, which isn't fair because he's not like a Victor Hedman type player or whoever it is that, you know, he's not like one of those bona fide, like number one defensemen. He's he's just kind of being sho- shoehorned into that role right now. And so I was looking at his underlying stats and they're way better than you think, despite the fact that he's clearly exhausted. Um, and so that was like, I guess this is supposed to be the down, but that was a positive thing. Um, I also did, it's a, I don't know if it's a down because the thing, I always have problem with, problems with stadium series or the winter classic and outdoor games like that, because I always feel like they're not that easy to enjoy from the comfort of your home. I'm sure that all the people who went to the stadium series this weekend enjoyed themselves. I'm sure it was one of the highlights of their hockey fandom. Uh it looked like a good time for anyone who was there despite the fact that it was freezing cold. Um but there's something about them that I feel like is like it's kind of hard to translate if you're not there. Like it feels very much like the kind of game that kind of iso- isolates the people watching from home where we're Like, in general, it's supposed to be ratings, grab, blah, blah, blah. I do think that, I don't know, there's something like, for example, at MetLife Stadium, there was this whole thing where, like, there was, like, a park with, like, people, like, walking dogs and, like, with a baby and a baby carriage and stuff. And then, you know, a couple of years ago when it was, I want to say it was when it was at Dodger Stadium, there was like people playing volleyball and stuff. There's just something very like, this is only for the people who can afford tickets about stadium series games. And maybe, you know, it's been a while since the Canadians have been in one. Um, It just, it feels different. And sometimes even the Winter Classic, like I do think they do kind of go all out uh, with Winter Classic, like in terms of the broadcast and stuff like that. It just, it still feels like, There's something about the way that it's set up and the way that it's filmed and stuff. It doesn't make us feel like part of the action the way that a normal game at the Bell Center would. So again, you might disagree with me, but I I just feel like it's not necessarily an awful thing or whatever. But all these outdoor games, like they're kind of of built for people who can actually afford to go and be there. Um, And so that was one of my downs for the week. But it is, again, it's Monday. It's late. It's Monday. But... We do have our ups for the week and they are coming up in just one moment here on locked on canadians but first this episode is also brought to you by sleeper we're well you know we're almost we're starting to get into the home stretch of the season at this point and the canadians as you know not great. We all know that. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I do want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Honestly, it's so easy. The app is so easy. You can connect with other fans. You can play Daily Fantasy, NFL, NBA, MLB, college football. Everything on sleeper and your entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether, you know, guys like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, anybody will record more or less in their sleeper projections for anything like goals, assists, save, plus, minus, and more in any given game. And to win 100 times your cash on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Canadians fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code L O C K E D O N N H L. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right. It is time for a three-up. And I will admit that I did uh, ask for Scott's notes on this before I started recording because Scott was away this weekend. This was supposed to be my solo show, um, but I had some stuff come up. All right. So three up, three down. Nick Suzuki is once again, carrying the team on his back. He has extended his point streak. Oh my God. I can't even remember. Hold on a second. I need to double check. He has extended his point streak at this point and he is doing all the right things to enable Cole Caulfield and Yurislavkovsky compliment him, and for Yurislavkovsky to be his best. I think it's so so important to point out that it's not just him doing all the things; it's also him making everyone around him better. And that's something that we miss from Sean Monahan when Sean Monahan got traded. Obviously, I'm not. Um, comparing these two players but there's something about players like that when they make everyone else around them better they just are more value for the money remember i was talking about how his contract is not overpriced that's exactly what i mean and so with extending his point streak to 10 games he stays slaying also staying slaying is uh, obviously Slavkovsky. Despite the loss to the Capitals, they have extended their point streak. He's extended his point streak to eight games. Obviously, he broke the record. Um, and it's just getting—it's just going up from there. Um, and again, not a middle six forward. Definitely the potential to not just be a top line forward. He has the potential to be a superstar. And that's something we cannot forget is that maybe he's not exactly attaining the heights that we have expected from him to this point or the heights that necessitated him, um, getting the first overall pick, but there's still plenty of time and it's really, really, really important to continue to give him that patience because all he's doing is rewarding us. And so I just want to pull up, um, I see. Oh yes. So our third up of the week, goes to Jared Davidson, and I will admit that last week I was not watching the Laval games, but guess what? Scott, as always, is on top of them, and Jared Davidson not only had a hat trick on Friday, which in itself should be enough, um, he's also done A great job of stepping up with all of the key players missing in Laval. So that one I will admit to have borrowed from uh, from Scott because I just truly, uh, I wasn't paying attention. He knows what he's talking about. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the three up, three down. Send me your notes. And Jared Davidson was it. And it's interesting because I remember maybe a year and a half ago. We got asked about Jared Davidson and, you know, what we thought of him, and we didn't necessarily think he had that high of a ceiling, but here's the thing, like, if you're in Laval and you're contributing and you're stepping up and you're an important part of the puzzle, I just, I feel like you can't complain, Um, and so maybe that listener that had really, really high hopes for him was onto something. A couple of honorable mentions, or really just one. I wasn't kidding about the Aramir Yagar ceremony, like making me really emotional. So this was, I'm recording this on Monday. This was yesterday on Sunday. My friends actually happened to have tickets to that game, uh, unexpectedly. Like they had already like got the tickets and watching him skate with everybody, like he still got it. (laughs) Um, uh, and I do feel like, you know, despite all the places that he's played, like when I first started watching hockey, like to me... I, I started really associating him with the New York Rangers. So I never really, you know, respected his time as a penguin enough, I think. Like I didn't I didn't give it the weight that it was due. Like he's he's a Pittsburgh penguin, right? Um, and so to watch that happen and then to watch like how all the other players reacted to him, you know, like the there was a moment between him and 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 Chris Letang, it it was just incredible and It's nice to see that this kind of stuff happens. Like, I know the Canadians are really, really good at it. Um, I also like it's just it's just fun to participate when it's players that kind of transcend single teams, and they're just like they're NHL legends. Um, That was really cool. But just like watching him just like skate with everybody, warm up with everybody, just like just like any NHL player, despite his age, uh, was just it was just it was a really emotional and fun. Uh, moment or a fun thing to watch back um, on Sunday night. And that's it for our Monday episode. Again, apologies for the lateness. And always remember that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Please do. You can also, you'll find us on social media at LO underscore Canadians individually. I'm at the active sticks. Scott is at Scott Matla. Please, please email us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. We love your emails, whether it's stories, mailback questions, um, thoughts on the habs, anything. Please, please, please send us emails. Um, We love hearing from you. And if you want to leave a mailback question in the comments, uh, make sure you write mailback question or MBQ. So that we know you want us to bring it up on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow.